Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103. 
or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Russell watched TV after his high school graduation. Three solid months of ESPN. Till his daddy told him, son, that's the end of your vacation. Go get a job, or we're gonna charge you rent. So Russell got a job, got fired that same day. A cashier he wasn't meant to be. Well, he went back to the couch, turned on the race, and he said, Hot damn, now there's the job for me. So Russell got alone and went to NASCAR school Where the future NASCAR drivers learn the one big NASCAR rule Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight Balance 917-889-8516 is our digits. It is Daytona 500 weekend, and none better to join us for Daytona 500 uh, is Steve Wilson, our official NASCAR contributor, calling us down in Daytona, uh, Florida. Uh, Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDollyDigest.com. Good morning, Steve. Happy Daytona 500 weekend to you, sir. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. You know that? Did you did you hear the opening song there? You know that's that's kind of how they teach NASCAR drivers to drive, isn't it? <laughs> A little bit more detailed than that. Yeah. 
uh, you know, where where they left off last year, and maybe this year will be the year that they do finally uh, break through, and uh, he's he's able to get that Truck Series championship. Uh, he led all um, the, the he, he won more races than anybody else last year, but you know, uh, you know, it's all leading and winning all the races doesn't mean that you're going to win once you get to Phoenix, and uh, you know, he's going to have to put together an effort all year long like he like he did last year, and I think that. Uh, he, he's got that. He, he'll be able to do it. I, I don't have any doubts about that. Uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports, they also had some issues last night with Corey Heim, who's coming over from the from the ARCA series. Uh, Corey, uh, you know, unfortunately for him, uh, he started on the front row last night, got shuffled back a couple of times, then got hung up in, in an instant that eventually just ended his night out there, um, you know, at, towards the end uh, prior to that overtime caution. Um, so, you know, they, they do have a lot of drivers over there. John Hunter Nemechek is definitely going to be the senior driver for that organization this year. And he's going to have to take some of the drivers like Corey Heim under his wing and show them, uh, you know, just how to put together a full season effort in the truck series. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a good race, certainly, but Hot 10 was a, certainly uh, no, no stranger to any stars that we knew. Obviously, Ben Rhodes, the reigning champion, uh, came in came in second with his team, uh, teammate, uh, uh, Thor Sport teammate, I'm sorry, Eckes finished third, uh, former NHRA standout, standout Tanner Gray, uh, uh, and then uh, Kelgerman uh, rounded out the top five, uh, Carson Hargover, Jesse Lettle was, was the pole sitter. Uh, Ty Majeski, Danny Bowen, and former NASCAR Series driver Matt Dedabeto all rounded out the top ten. Uh, and this was Dedabeto's first start in the Truck Series. What were your thoughts about that? Well, you know, Matt Benedetto has left the, the number 21 Wood Brothers this year just because of the fact that they had already uh, put somebody in that seat for this year. Matt knew that kind of going into this, so he uh, had to put together an effort for this year. So Rackley War uh, put together. Uh, they, they've been a, they've been a team that they've uh, brought in drivers on a weekly basis or a couple weeks basis. Uh, they're going to try and put him in this truck and have him in this truck for an entire year, run for a championship into this. Uh, you know, we didn't really talk about my, Matt Benedetto too much last night, and he quietly snuck up there and got a top 10 finish after all the melee and everything that happened. So, you know, uh, don't count him out. Uh, maybe this is an effort to, to rejuvenate his career, maybe give him uh, some more opportunities uh, outside of this, maybe maybe in an Xfinity Series event uh, one or two throughout the year, and uh, maybe he can rebuild his career back up to the, uh, to back to the Cup Series. But right now, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it, he really did. I'm telling you, we, we really didn't talk about him that much. He didn't seem like he was, uh, you know, playing too much into the equation. And then, you know, there he was at the end, all of a sudden with a top 10 finish. So, I, you know, I, I think sometimes quiet drivers like that will surprise you throughout the year. And we've seen drivers do that uh, on a consistent basis where they don't necessarily play into the bigger overall story of all of this. But they end up with these good quality finishes, and that's just what they did last night, and that's what they'll have to continue doing throughout the year. One of the things we're going to be talking about today and, and throughout the season is the next gen. And, you know, one of the, the things that happened on the Tuesday was a, a new rule. And of course, teams have been working very hard to find ways to make the next gen faster. And one of the most notable things is that we saw in two practice sessions Wednesday was that some of the teams appeared to implement uh, reverse uh, skew, if you will, in an attempt to make their cars faster. 
and certainly one of the goals of the next gen car is to make it a the body a little bit different, it looks a little bit different. Uh, so as we look at Tuesday's rule change, uh, and teams are battling and scrambling to make that happen, let's hope we don't see a lot of rule changes the week of the race uh, when the cars were already at the track. Well, that did happen this week for Daytona 500. Uh, so talk with us a little bit about the Tuesday rule change, how that affects the teams. And, and let's talk a little bit uh, briefly here about the next gen because we've got a lot to cover today. But certainly next gen is uh, one of the top stories we're talking about at Daytona 500. Yeah, so the teams, they went and tried to skew these cars out a little bit, try and get a little bit uh, off the, the rear of the car, kind of get a little bit of extra speed out of this because this is the slowest field that we've seen since about 1974. We're about 10 miles off the pace from last year as far as pole qualifying is concerned. So there definitely has been a speed reduction in the cars overall. But these teams, they were looking, they're looking for every little bit because what, most do, what a lot of people need to realize is every part and piece on this car is provided to them by NASCAR. The chassis are provided to them by NASCAR. Uh, there's common suppliers now that all send the same suspension parts to everybody. That, and, you know, there's, there, there's very little ways that, you know, teams that used to make their own parts, build their own cars, would be able to tinker with them to a certain degree and make it kind of their own. So this was one of the things that NASCAR had not addressed when they um, when they put together the rule package for this year is the skewing of the cars, and the most definitely here at Daytona, where you know even even a tenth of a second or or a thousandth of a second could actually mean a whole lot of of time between you and the person in front of you and, and your your next position. So you know NASCAR took a look at this, and NASCAR said that they had to do something with the skew of the car. And that's what they did. They they ended up uh, telling these teams they had to go back in there and they had to straighten these cars up, get those cars more in line with everybody else. And while it wasn't really a whole lot of people doing it, there still was a couple people out there attempting to do this. And while at, and while they did do it uh, at the beginning, um, you know, again, there was no rules saying that they couldn't do it at that point. So NASCAR had to go in there, step in, make an additional rule package change on all of this, and then they uh, would uh, – you know, then they just said that you know, no, we're done, guys. No, no more, no more of this. Yeah, and that, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see how that, that that comes to to play. Let me ask you real quickly. Uh, we didn't really talk about much of it to, because we had the Super Bowl and and everything else going on. But what would you uh, now that we've had the clash? You know, we predicted a lot of things that, that were going to happen that maybe didn't happen, and maybe things did happen. Uh, but Clash overall, I, I give it probably about a B. I think it was a, a success. I think it was a fun race to watch for fans. Uh, but what what are your thoughts? What are your opinions of how how to grade the Clash this year out in California? Well, I think you know it was a it was a different event that we uh, we marked it a whole lot differently as far as going out there and creating a track in the middle of a football field or an arena out there. Uh, you know, it was it was an opportunity for people to go out there and finally see this next gen car more so than just out there testing and more so than just uh, pictures on social media or. Uh, through controlled testing, uh, you know, at some of these tracks that, you know, somebody may have uh, had an opportunity to go out there to one of these open tests and actually watch them out there. So, you know, overall, I think from the entertainment value from a promotional aspect of all of this, I think that, you know, they hit that thing right on the head exactly where they needed to be as far as, uh, you know, bringing in entertainment. I, I think a lot of people enjoyed the fact of uh, – 
of, of Ice Cube and, uh, you know, out there. Uh, I particularly, you know, I, I'm not particularly, uh, you know, a, a, you know, as far as uh, Pitbull is concerned, uh, he's a dry, I mean, he's an owner in the series, but I, I've never been one much uh, a fan of his music, but, uh, you know, he was out there and there was a lot of people that had enjoyed it. I can say I did enjoy Ice Cube out there because I am a fan of his work and a fan of his music. But overall, I, I, I think, you know, long term of all of this, uh, it's kind of hard to uh, say whether, um, you know, whether, I mean, obviously moving it from here was was making a difference and it it brought a whole lot of people in. NASCAR said that they had a lot of new ticket holders, a lot of new people that had never been uh, to a race before, and, and you could kind of see the fact of, you know, there was a lot of people enjoying it. Now, what I, what I would like to know going forward beyond that is is that just just next week, uh, three weeks after this event in, in L.A., uh, NASCAR rolls back into Auto Club Speedway. So I would like to see exactly, you know, mm-hmm. how many of these people were we able to convert over to NASCAR fans? Mm-hmm. How many of these people are going to transfer over into an event at Auto Club Speedway in, in just a week after we leave from here in Daytona? And And I think that if we can bring – fans over that came to L.A. Coliseum for the first time and saw a race for the first time, and then they all of a sudden, then they go to uh, Auto Club Speedway uh, and, and buy a ticket there, then I think we can consider this more so of a success. But right now, there's a lot of unknowns still until we can see kind of just exactly how many of these new fans that we did uh, convert over. I tell you, it was it was a fun race to watch. I, like yourself, I did like the Ice Cube performance. I honestly, and and I I might get some criticism for saying this, but I honestly think it was one of the best things as far as the like a halftime show uh, they've ever did. And the, that Ice Cube was was really really good. Now, does it compare to the Super Bowl halftime? Well, you know, I, I, my my did you watch the Super Bowl halftime? Yes, and I'm a Dr. Dre fan too. So you know, I I, I thoroughly I thoroughly enjoyed the fact of Dr. Dre out there. Yeah, so see, I thought it was fun. Uh, Snoop Dogg, you know, was out there, and Dr. Dre. I'm not a big Mary uh, J. Blige fan, but I think this was a, a an overall hit. Uh, so you know, but maybe maybe NASCAR is going to start taking some pointers uh, from. Uh, <laughs> NFL for the halftime show within reason, uh, within within reason. We can only go so far uh, with that stuff. But certainly, let's uh, move on to, to some of the meat and potatoes of what's going on this weekend. Let's start with the Xfinity race. Obviously, one of the biggest uh, uh, secrets, unkept secrets, or uh, uh, worst kept secrets, if you will. Joe Gibbs Racing has confirmed that uh, one of the, the worst kept secrets, obviously, is Ty Gibbs will be a full time NASCAR Xfinity Series driver uh, this season. Uh, Gibbs will drive the number 54 Toyota Supra uh, with the Monster Energy Interstate Batteries and Sports Club sponsorship. Monster Energy has been Gibbs' sponsor since 2019, while Interstate Batteries and Sport Clips continue its partnership with the Gibbs organizations and its driver. Ty Gibbs, NASCAR Xfinity Series, no surprise there, it's in his blood. 
Yeah, I don't think there was any surprise in the fact that he was going to move over to this organization or, you know, back or up, move up within the organization. It's just a natural progression of the fact that he's run ARCA for the last couple of years. He's a winner in ARCA in the last couple of years, but he's finally at an age in which he can go out here and run a, run all of these racetracks. And that's one of the biggest things out here right now is just the age factor of some of these drivers that they – uh, you know, they, they can't run these big tracks like uh, Talladega and Daytona and, uh, you know, some even some of the bigger tracks like Auto Club, Speedway, et cetera. Um, so, you know, for, for him, he's finally at the age, and, and I think that he's had a natural progression already for the last couple of seasons in ARCA. He's a proven winner in ARCA, and this just gives him the opportunity to go back out and go out there and showcase some of that talent in the Xfinity Series. He's going to kind of skip over a little bit on, 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 a, on a full track series schedule and try and put too much work into that and go directly to the Xfinity, but I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing for him. He, he's, he's been around this sport for a long time, so I think he, uh, you know, we will we'll see him do good things uh, in the Xfinity series coming this year. Well, we saw him do some good things in practice with hitting speeds around 186.645 as an average. We also look at Brandon Jones, Drew Dollar, Ryan Truex, Noah Garrett, Garrett Gregson, I'm sorry, a, a Dale Jr. protege, Justin Algager, Josh Berry, Daniel Hemrick, Sam Meyer, and A.J. Allmendinger, uh, the the for, former uh, Xfinity champ as well. Rounding out the top ten as we look at this race to, today, this evening, this afternoon, 5 o'clock, out in Daytona. Uh, obviously going to be a lot of excitement there. You're going to be there. Talk with us a little bit about these uh, top ten drivers and what are we looking at for the Xfinity race today, this afternoon. Well, Sam Mayer is another one of these ARCA Series drivers that has uh, that jumped into a truck a couple times last year, but now making the full-time effort over here at uh, Xfinity, Xfinity Series each, this year. Uh, he's going to work with Joe I'm uh, sorry, um, Junior Motorsports. Sorry, I had Joe Gibbs still on my mind. <laughs> uh, he's going to work over there with uh, Junior Motorsports this season. Uh, they're going to have they're going to, they're going to put together this effort for him. Uh, but he's also going to be teamed up, like you said, with Noah Gregson, who's uh, you know now at this point kind of the uh, senior driver that has been around for Junior Motorsports for for a couple of different seasons now. And, and then you also got Josh Berry. I mean, this, this is a guy who came from short tracks. Uh, he he doesn't have he's not your he's not your driver that comes in and has a whole lot of money back behind him. He never uh, sat in seats in which he was able to fund the full effort. This is a guy that's kind of more your blue collar driver that came from the short tracks around. Uh, he was a short track ace all over the Mid Atlantic. He was a, a track series champion. He was a he was a, a regional series champion for the for the for the short tracks. Uh, and, and it started off kind of as an effort of putting him in. Uh, Dale Jr. kind of seeing the talent that he had and kind of seeing that it was being a little bit wasted in uh, just running short tracks every single weekend. Not that that's a wasted effort, but you know he he had he had a he had a natural talent to go out there and drive. And Junior, Dale Jr. saw this, so he put him in an Xfinity Series car. He was able to go out there and win uh, win last year in this car, even though that it was a, full, a part-time effort for them. 
you know, they, they ran the majority of the season, but, but still didn't get to run every single race out there. But he was still able to go out there and put together quality efforts, and he was also able to win. So, you know, this is just, like, once again, being able to put this uh, put this package together and finally be able to get him out there and maybe run for a championship. Because, you know, it may surprise you just, you know, the fact that he's able to go out there and be able to contend like he does uh, and, and kind of show off some of those short track skills. Um you know, we've we've got uh, Daniel Hamrick. Daniel Hamrick is a is a driver that that before he won the championship for Joe Gibbs Racing, he announced the fact that he was going to leave the organization, go over to Colleague Racing. Uh, you know, Daniel Hamrick has been a driver that uh, every single weekend we kind of say that look, oh here uh, Daniel Hamrick, he finishes second once again. He, you know, when is he going to win this race? When is he going to win a race? And finally, the race that he does win. He wins it when he when all the money is on the line at, at Phoenix last year. He goes out there, wins the Phoenix race, wins the championship for Joe Gibbs Racing and the Xfinity Series championship for that organization, and then decides. And then at that point, he had already decided that he's moving over to Colleg Racing. Colleg Racing is a is an effort that they put a lot of time and money into their organization to kind of build it up from the ground. Uh, they were they've been, they've got drivers like Justin Haley. They brought in AJ Allmendinger, who started off as a part time effort, but has now moved over since last season as a full time effort. Um, so, you know, this is an organization that they continue to build up. They continue to put money into this organization to build and get better cars, better technology, better drivers, and, and it's showing through because A.J. Allmendinger was a driver that for this organization last year went out there and won Xfinity Series races and then would hop into a Cup Series car and win in their Cup Series car. So that shows that they're on a natural progression to, to make this team better, and that's exactly what they are doing. Um, I would look for that team to continue uh, doing what they did last year, and it will definitely be a progression to see what uh, Daniel Hemrick is able to do to defend that 2021 Xfinity Series championship. Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDigest.com, editor-in-chief, our official NASCAR contributor down in Daytona for all the action. This is Daytona 500 weekend show dedicated to the uh, Daytona 500. We'll be back on track, no pun intended, with the the normal activities of the show uh, next week. Last week, everything was dedicated to the Super Bowl. This week, everything is dedicated to uh, the Daytona 500. I want to go back for a second to Joe Gibbs Racing because – you know, we got to keep them on our mind, right? Trevor Bain is set to return to the NASCAR uh, running the Xfinity Series for the first time since 2016 uh, with, a, with a limited schedule with, with Joe Gibbs Racing. I kind of wonder what happened to him because if you remember, he was the youngest driver ever in the Daytona 500 winner ever in 2011 with the Wood Brothers. But his career was sidetracked, I guess, by some health issues. I'm not really sure what happened there. Uh, but he's not raced in the Cup Series since 2018, and he'll run seven races for Gibbs in the number 18, ironically, uh, the Toyota Supra, and we'll, we'll work with crew chief Jason Ratcliffe. Uh, so Devotion Nutrition will be the sponsor for Trevor Bain. Good to see Trevor Bain back. I hope that all these healthy issues are resolved. Uh, but what do you think, Trevor Bain, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Limited, uh, limited uh, schedule this year? 
You know, Trevor came back last year just for a couple of races in the truck series okay. for Nice Motorsports, and it was it, it was the first time that he had been back in, in quite some time. It was a, it was just a very very small time effort for maybe two or three different racing events that they had uh, put him in the seat for. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it it didn't always end up you know in his favor. He uh, in his first race out there, he he did not be able to continue the event or uh, finish the event due to an incident. That. But you know, uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, that that was just an effort in, in which to try and get him back in the seat, and I, and I think that he finally uh, uh, is looking at uh, knowing the fact that he cannot uh, or doesn't feel like he can be in a seat full time, but feels like that he can at least do some work here and there uh, in a part time effort. But if, if you're going to pick somewhere that you want to go, then at least pick and go with a. a a Joe Gibbs racing because they have all the money and all the, the talent and all the, the people behind them to make your effort work. So I, I, he's definitely somebody, uh, that will do well over there. Uh, he, he is a winner in the Xfinity series. Uh, he won multiple times at Iowa Speedway, uh, in a Roush, uh, car back in the day. So these, this is a, this is a series that he, he's a proven winner in. And and at least if you're gonna do a part time effort, pick pick uh, Joe Gibbs Racing because they'll definitely make sure that you get the best equipment to go out there and contend for those wins. We're talking with Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest dot uh, com and uh, editor in chief of Speedway Digest dot com and our official NASCAR contributor. We're breaking down the Daytona 500. Let's get into the race today. Let's talk about Daytona. We know Daytona as a track and uh, we know what it's about, but now. It, it, it comes time to execute. So as, as you're walking through the pits and, you, and if you're talking to crew chiefs and, you, and you're and you're going to drivers meetings for the Xfinity race and you're and they're and they're doing a game strategy, pit strategy, what have you. What is the strategy? Uh, is it one of these races where you lay back and then attack later on in the race? Is it a race where you attack early and try to keep the lead or a combination uh, thereof? Obviously, uh, we always like to root for the big ones. Uh, Daytona is not known for a lot of really big wrecks, but it does happen. But Daytona is Daytona, and there's a lot at stake to be a Daytona 500 winner. winner. So, And also joining us now is uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and content director for BurnoutSports.com. Tony, we were just getting ready to break down the, the race here, so I'm glad that you jumped in and spent time with uh, me and Steve Wilson. Uh, Tony, how are you doing on Daytona 500 weekend, sir? Good, good. Ready to go racing, and uh, we saw an entertaining truck race last night. Yes, go um, right ahead. Two races over the next two days. Yeah, we were just talking about that at the beginning of the show. Zane Smith really put on a show, and it, it went into overtime, and we saw a lot of it. And, of course, the top ten was littered uh, with with a lot of good truck stars. And one of the things that we talked about earlier, maybe get your opinion on it, Matt Denebeto, obviously former former cup driver, uh, was rounded out the top ten there in the truck race. What were your thoughts about his appearance in the truck series? Yeah, I, I actually picked Zane Smith to win. Um, I just knew with him moving over to that team, uh, they're always good on the super speedways. What I took away was, was everybody was kind of, you know, trying to find where their truck was, a lot of new names, like you said, Matthew Benedetto, uh, Parker Klingerman, the guy that always seems to be in the top ten when he runs a truck. Um, I don't know what Steve thought about this, but but I thought that they had taken, they had passed the finish line by the time that the yellow came out uh, for that last three. Uh, luckily, it didn't end up costing Zane Smith a win. 
uh, even though there was a chance that it could have. So um, I thought it was an entertaining truck race, which, you know, the dual races on, on Thursday I thought were duds. You know, the first one was ran completely under green. Nobody's trying to, to step out. Nobody's trying to do anything just because with these new cars, you don't have a lot of backup parts or even some of these teams that don't have backup cars. So um, I hope we don't see a follow leader type Daytona 500 tomorrow. I hope we see a lot of racing throughout the pack, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was – it was single file, and everybody being able to about the last uh, 15 to 20 laps. Yeah, we were just talking about that very same thing with the Xfinity race. We'll go back to that question that uh, we, we started with, uh, Steve, but also feel free to, to address anything that, that Tony brought up. Again, Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast Content Director for BurnoutSports.com. Uh, again, uh, Steve, as we get ready for the Xfinity race this afternoon down in Daytona, you're down there. Uh, tell us what, what, how the teams are preparing for this race. And what do they got to do to be a Daytona 500 winner in the Xfinity Series this afternoon? Well, you know, it's 300 miles later on this afternoon, and uh, it's just one of those races that it's just long enough where, you know, last night with the Truck Series race, you you had 100 laps, and while 100 laps seems like a long time around Daytona, and it kind of is, Still, you don't have a whole lot of time to, to make up, and, and if you fall to the back, you can fall to the back pretty quickly, and you're just hoping that somebody can pick you up, and you know, or a caution comes out, and you can run back up there. But really, with short stages and things last night, uh, you know, you had to race to some degree uh, and, and protect your positions at all costs at some points, and we kind of did see that. But you know, there was, uh, you know, and I did, and we thought there were going to be a couple of different wrecks into this with people trying to to stay in their line and protect their position in, in line, whether it be on the top side or bottom side. But with 300 miles, you get a little extra, a little extra time out there to, to do some of this. The stages are just a little bit longer today. Um, so we'll, we'll have a, a, a much longer stretch in, in these stages. Now, that doesn't mean that you can just lay back because, you know, there, there's going to be a point in which you come to the end of these stages and uh, you're, you're, you're going to need points. And, the, you know, you're going to need points for later on this year. You don't know whether you're going to be able to get, uh, you know, one or two points here that you can get out of here per stage can mean a lot later on in the season. Uh, and, and you're just trying to collect those points. So, you know, look for drivers maybe uh, in some in, in the first two stages to – at least uh, kind of behave themselves for a good first half or so, two-thirds. But once it gets started closer to that uh, stage caution flag, you should, you should start seeing them jump back up on the wheel. Now, the third stage is going to be much, much longer this afternoon. So, uh, uh, you know, there's going to be drivers out there that at that point, you know, you're over half the race is already done. So they're going to make a conscientious decision as to the fact of, well, uh, it's time to go, and I'm going to move up to the front and, and do – Bring anybody I can with me. Anybody I'll work with. Anybody that I can that's willing to help with me to get me up to the front. And then that's when calamities starts to occur, especially as the as the latter stages of the third stage get, get closing in onto that caution flag, just as we saw last night with 19 different trucks all piled up on the front stretch uh, with with the, with the leader out there um, that uh, came up. Uh, Christian Eckes at that point came up on the track. Uh, blocking Tyler Ankrum, which caused a 19-truck melee out there. Uh, you know, those will be the kind of things that we have to watch for again as, as the 
third stage kind of progresses along, and the longer it goes, the more you're going to see those blockings start to occur. And then, uh, you know, you're just going to you're going to have to you you don't have time at that point to kind of hang back anymore. You're either going to have to be up there running with the main pack, or you're just going to be running around in the back and have no chance and no shot at this. So I think it's just you know you, you're going to have to buy, kind of figure your way of both playing it safe. But you're also going to have to find a way to work with whoever you can work with and get up here to the front. We're talking with Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDodge.com, editor-in-chief and our official NASCAR contributor, Tony Donahue, Tony D Podcast, content director uh, with BurnoutSports.com. Tony, let's get your preview of the X's and the O's. Uh, if, you are, if you are a fly on the wall in the driver's meeting or the pit crews and you're preparing for an Xfinity uh, race at, at Daytona, Daytona 500 weekend, how do you help your team or what does your team have to do to get a Daytona 500 win uh, today, this afternoon out in Daytona? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think Steve made a good po- point. You know, you, you spend how many laps trying to figure out where your car is and what you can do with it, whether it's Xfinity, whether it's, um, you know, the truck, you know, the, a guy last night that kind of fell victim to that was Stuart Friesen. He was a guy that, was like, ah, oh, they even went to his radio, hey, I'm going to back out of this because I, don't, I just think a melee is going to happen. And he kept doing that. But then down the stretch when that yellow came out, he found himself 18th and couldn't really move back up to the field. So I think there will be a lot of, you know, with Kurt Busch, he was in the booth last night during a truck race. And, and you know, he, he, he said, I'm learning a lot up here, you know. And, and I think his, his exact quote was, you know, there's 18 to go, and when you're inside the race car with 18 to go, you start to panic. You start thinking, okay, I got to go, go, go. But from this perspective, 18 laps is a, is a long time. So I think there's going to be a lot of patience out there tomorrow. Um, maybe not today. You've got a lot of guys that are looking to get off to a great start uh, in the Xfinity Series. Guys like Justin Allgaier, guys like Noah Grex. And, um, so it'll be interesting to see how they approach this and what they do to, um, you know, kind of get settled in. Like you said, 250 miles is still a pretty long race, um, but it's short enough to where if you get yourself behind, you might not be able to make it back up. So um, it'll be exciting to see today's race. Um, the Xfinity race at Daytona is always a good one, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what some of these guys can do. Just looking forward to seeing how these new cars react tomorrow at Daytona Tony, I know we got you for just a limited amount of time, so we do want to get into tomorrow's race real quickly here because that's about the time we do that. But before we do that, guys, let's get our official pick for t- today's race, the Xfinity race. What is your official pick? What say you? For who? For, for the Xfinity race today, sorry. Oh, you're, you're yeah. asking me or Tony? Oh, I'm sorry. Whoever wants to start. I, I I'm losing my brain. Tony, go ahead. Let you go. All right, Steve, go ahead. Um, look, I, I know that a lot of people go out there and look at Brandon Jones a lot of times, and they see that, you know, he's not always finishing a lot of these events out there. But I, I think that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Brandon Jones is is a driver that, that you know, sometimes is a bit underrated into that fact, too. I'm going to go with Brandon Jones this afternoon to win. Tony, uh, yeah, Steve's got Brandon Jones. What do you got? Yeah, that's a good pick. I think I think Austin Cindric is the guy to look out for. Um, he's a guy that that I think can obviously run a couple series, going to be doing uh, doing a lot. Um, and I'm sorry, that was last, I'm looking at last year's lineup. 
Let me get these shoes on. I know Noah Gregg right Noah Gregg is a guy that's been there, done that, buddy. Justin Allgaier is a guy that's going to be up there all day. Um, but I think the college racing team is a team that you always get looking for. Landon Castle joins the fold. AJ Allmendinger ran very well last year. So uh, how about an upset pick with the college racing boys? Give me Landon Castle to get the win today. Brandon Castle gets the win today. Guys, I like Ty Gibbs. I'm excited to see and see what he's doing in the Xfinity race. Certainly he had fast in practice at 186.645. But I'm a kind of a Ryan Truex guy today. It's just got just got a gut feeling, you know? If you ever watch NCIS and Gibbs has always got the gut feeling. I've got the gut feeling about Ryan Truex Jr. That's my official pick. So we got three different picks. We'll have that all up on social media. Uh, Tony, we'll start with you because we only got you for just a few short more minutes here. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast and content director of BurnoutSports.com. Quickly, before we talk with you about Burnout Sports, what's going on over there, look at tomorrow's lineup. What do you see? It looks like Kyle Larson is back out to say, I'm back. Now, there's a lot, a lot of season to go. Boy, I like that that story last year with Kyle Larson, and I, I'm still on the Kyle Larson train. So really excited to see him to get the pole. Uh, but let's go ahead and get your breakdown of tomorrow's race, and then we'll get some uh, thoughts from you about BurnoutSports.com before we have to let you go, sir. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure Steve mentioned this before I hopped on. You know, the Fords just seem to be dominant throughout the week, and we saw that uh, in the dual races. You had Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher winning from the same team. Um, I think Ryan Blaney is going to be right there tomorrow. I think that a guy to watch out for is Harrison Burton. I think he's a sleeper dark horse pick. So if you're looking for somebody to uh, to make a little bit of money off, especially finishing inside of the top ten, I think Harrison Burton will be around. Um, my official pick to win it, I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. I think Ryan Blaney, too, he's, he's ran really well on restrictor play races over the last couple of years. Um, he's a guy that knows how to get it done. And I think that tomorrow is the day for Ryan Blaney to break through, get that big win in the Daytona 500 for Team Penske. Uh, give me Ryan Blaney to do it. Tony, I know you're a content director over there at BurnoutSports.com. I encourage everybody to go there. We'll get it up on, on our social media. But, you know, you do a lot of IndyCar racing. Obviously, you're based here in Indianapolis with me. I, I read your uh, Meyer Shanka racing team preview. Very good content that you've got going on there. And I, I see a theme here that you guys have been just doing previews of, of the – uh, of the Indy cars, and, and you got tw- uh, five bold predictions in the 2022 Indy 500. Uh, sh- care to share what those five bold predictions are? Do we want people just to go there and click on it? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, one involves a NASCAR driver testing um, an Indy car. I know it's been discussed, especially with Jeff Gordon's comments last that Kyle Larson is a guy that could come run Indy 500 and has interest in it. I think that he will get a test this year. I don't think he'll race um, IndyCar, but I do think he will get a test maybe on an oval, um, maybe even on a road course that day after the Brickyard. We will see. Um, I'll give you my Indianapolis 500 winner. On my way too early to predict a winner. Um, you're through there. It comes from the same. But it's not. So, uh, yep, we've got, a, we've got a Daytona 500 preview out and ready to go. So be sure to check that out, burnouts.com. The Landing Castle today, Brian Blaney tomorrow. All right, Tony, we appreciate you. Have yourself a good race weekend, sir. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. You too.
Tony Donahue, based here in Indianapolis with me. Uh, and uh, certainly, uh, I've gotten to know Tony over the years, hanging out at the media center there at, at IMS, Steve. But he knows his stuff. And burnoutsports.com, check him out. He's the content director. He's got a lot of stuff up there. And we'll save our picks uh, for uh, the end of, of the show here, Steve. We got just, uh, you know, we want to get through this. So we're going to start with you. Tomorrow's lineup, start with Kyle Larson. Uh, let's walk through tomorrow's, uh, again, like we just did with the, uh, with the driver's meetings, if you will. If you were a fly on the wall, the driver's meeting, you've got the new rules, uh, packages in place. You've got a lot in place. Let's face it. You got the Indy 500. Well, this is the Indy 500 of NASCAR. It's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Uh, so this is a big, big win. All, 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 everybody comes out ready to get a win. It, it, first of all, what I want to know, and I, I saw just a weird story, and it's almost like, am I seeing this right? I saw, and, may, and, and I can't find any clarification. I just saw it when it popped out on Twitter. But did NASCAR confiscate like 18 or 20 wheels from Team Penske without giving them a reason? Or if there is a reason, do you know what it is? Because I can't seem to find the reason. They just did it. Do you know the reason behind that? So following, yeah, so following after the dual race, it's NASCAR. NASCAR, so this is, again, another part and piece of NASCAR now issues to teams. Teams used to own their own tires their, or their own wheels uh, prior to this season. This season, now you're you're issued a set of uh, wheels at each race that you come to. Uh, so NASCAR issues them to the team your specific allotment. Uh, they went through the garage following the goals and checked on some of these wheels. They found that Team Penske and uh, Roush Keselowski Racing had both gone in on the wheels and ground down a specific part on the wheels around the pinholes that, that are on these wheels. Uh, Brad Keselowski did then make mention of this uh, yesterday. He said that the teams had done this for a safety concern and that they had relayed all the data and all the information over to NASCAR as to why and specifically what they did. Uh, and they are going to um, take these tires, these wheels back to the R&D center. They're going to look them over, uh, and NASCAR is going to look at the data to see whether uh, you know they did anything that was uh, considered a performance issue or whether they truly did this uh, over a safety concern that they found within the wheels. Uh, and then, you know, if there's any any kind of uh, um, penalties or something that's going to come from that, uh, we should know first sometime Monday or Tuesday uh, of the week as to whether there is some kind of issue penalty because of this. Steve, are you guys having a fantasy league this year? You didn't include me. I'm just curious. No, I'm not, no. No, I'm not doing fantasy leagues this year. <laughs> okay. I guess I have to go find one to join. You know, my problem with, with – I, I love fantasy football. I'm into that quite a bit. But fantasy racing, I always forget to set my lineup until, like, right there. And then it's just, like, half the season goes I'm playing, and then I get back in. And then the other half of the season I, I'm not playing. But I thought, well, I usually get an invite from uh, Steve Wilson, but I didn't get one. So, good. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't left out because I, I'm such a – such a terrible person when it comes to fancy racing. <laughs> so, Steve, let's let's again let's get back on point here. We've got a big race tomorrow, the Daytona 500. Uh, I mean, Kyle Larson love to see uh, Cliff Daniels and Kyle, Kyle Larson pair up to get a, a Daytona 500, and uh, I like that story. Like I said earlier, I'm going to stick on that. I'm not going to go. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's happened, but 
very often do we see the polls that are Daytona 500 actually win the race. We saw that with Danica Patrick as an example. Oh, wait, she didn't win any race. I, I digress. Uh, but uh, let, let's look at the teams out, out there in the top ten. Obviously, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Brad Koloski, Chris Boucher, Austin Cedric, Michael McDowell, Ryan Blaney, Harrison Burton, Chase Briscoe, and Kyle Busch all round out the top ten. Uh, with uh, Ford having the predominant appearance in the top ten, and, but there again, the top uh, two is a, a, a Chevy, and of course, Kyle Busch will be in a Toyota, and I'm hearing some cars there in the background. I think that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, go ahead, Steve. Uh, let's get you a breakdown for uh, the Daytona 500. Yeah, you know, while uh, Hendrick Motorsports, once again, has set themselves on the front row, I think this is like the fourth time in a row that they've done this. Um, over the past previous seasons, uh, they're going to line up on Alex Bowman with uh, Kyle Larson sitting on the pole out there. But they're kind of sitting on an island all by themselves. They've got four Fords sitting behind them that they're going to line up behind them, and they're going to take them on pretty quickly out there. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what the plans for Kyle Larson and uh, Alex Bowman to work together, but all i got to know is they're going to have to put, the, they're going to have to put the, together an effort to, put, to uh, keep four of those Ford contingent cars that have been very, very fast. Brad Keselowski, Chris Buescher both winning their uh, qualifying events uh, on Thursday night. They were both fast. You also have Ryan Blaney up there. You have the defending winner, Michael McDowell, in the top ten, also with another Ford. He's been fastest in two out of the three um, practice sessions with Ryan Blaney, the the other driver that was fast in the second practice session. So three Fords have been fast in each of the practice sessions. So they're all lining up behind those uh, Hendrick Motorsports cars, and I think they're just going to be sitting out there on an island all by themselves come, uh, you know, as soon as the green flag uh, falls out there. Uh, those Fords have seemed to figure out something, uh, and, and this has been kind of a policy with Ford over uh, a numerous amount of seasons where they had this one Ford policy. They all work together. They all stick together, and then Chevrolet and Toyota tried to start doing this, but it, it seems that, you know, if you look back at the qualifying races on Thursday night, the Fords, when they hooked up, they were all in line with one another. They all knew what they were supposed to do, and, and, and the Toyotas, when they got together, they lost time to the Fords when the Chevrolets all hooked up together in the qualifying races. They weren't able to keep up with the Fords, and even at one point during the during the pit cycles in this race, even after Toyotas had gone in and pitted, the Fords were still faster working together than all the Toyotas were working together. So they were closing in on the Toyotas who had already pitted. So I would look for uh, any of those Ford drivers to go up there. I look for Ford to to, to you know do what they say that they've been doing and will continue to do with this one Ford policy. They will all work together. They will all gang up against this Hendrick Motorsports duo that sits on the front row, and they're going to run them over like a freight train as fast as they can and get all those Fords that are in the top ten to line up behind one another and keep the field behind them. Talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor, calling us from Daytona, uh, Florida. There's a little race going on down there this weekend called the Daytona 500. I want a chance to just take a peek because we don't get a chance to really 
dive into some teams. And I just want to just kind of rapid fire through some teams here. Just give me your thoughts here. Uh, Hendricks Motorsports, Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, Stuart Haas, Penske. Just give us your thoughts or highlights on that. Of course, Petty and Front Row Motorsports and, Again, Richard Childress uh, Racing and, you know, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, I mentioned, we mentioned earlier. Just kind of give us the highlights of what we're looking at from these teams. Obviously, it, it seems like Hendricks Motorsports has, has got got it figured out. Uh, but, you know, here where, where are we at? And, of course, we can't forget uh, Chip Canassi Racing as well. Go right ahead. Yeah, I, I think if you, I'm going to start with Joe Gibbs Racing, where you know Kyle Busch has always had a struggle with these, uh, with these one and a half mile racetracks out here, where they've he's always struggled to try and uh, finish, not only finish these events, but also try and place place in a decent finishing position. But if you look over at his teammate Denny Hamlin, he's won this thing three different times. Uh, so for that organization, Denny has Denny has always been a driver where we see him drop to the back of the race on the on the starting. A uh, portion of it, let these drivers go out there and race for this thing, maybe let a few of them wreck themselves out, and then Denny Hamlin seems to strike later on in the race, so look for him to continue to do that. Uh, I don't know if the strategy, like I said, as I mentioned, you know, with the Toyotas where they were still slower than the Fords when they all hooked up together, whether Denny Hamlin is seeing this and thinking to himself whether he needs to work with somebody else because the Toyotas were slower. Uh, maybe he goes up there and finds a way to sneak into that Ford contingent up there or even into the Chevrolet contingent um, somewhere somewhere that has got a little bit more speed that can go up there and contend for that. Um, you've, you've got, you know, we talked about Front Row Motorsports just a little bit. He's uh, Michael McDowell, the defending winner, uh, fastest in two of the three sessions out here uh, with Todd Gellin moving up into the other seat for that that, that um that organization he's been fast out here this weekend also he's got a good starting position for this daytona 500 uh, tomorrow afternoon so look for them to also be part of again once again that ford contingent of cars that's going to go out there penske motorsports uh ryan blenny fastest out there uh but you also have newcomer austin Cendrick who's going to take over the number two machine that was vacated by uh vacated by brad keselowski who went over to roush racing um, you know, those guys are going to all, uh, you know, seem to have worked together pretty well. They're also working together with the Wood Brothers, which is a satellite team in Harrison Burton with him that you just mentioned a little bit ago. Uh, he's a driver that uh, has come over from Joe Gibbs, a racing organization from the Xfinity Series. He's now in that number 20, famous number 21 Wood Brothers machine. They've won the Daytona 500. Most recently, as as we discussed a little bit earlier with Trevor Bain in 2000, uh, 2011, as the youngest winner of this event, and, and the Wood Brothers are looking for that magic 100th Cup Series win. Harrison Burton, again, fast. He's able to hang out there with that Ford continuing of car, so I would look for him to, to be a playing a factor into this. Whether he goes out there and wins this thing or not, I don't know, but I think that he'll at least make a good showing of this all. Uh, you know, we, we track out racing who bought the, the remaining portions of Chip Ganassi racing. They brought um, Ross Chastain over with them. Ross Chastain has been a driver that uh, uh, has shown a lot of talent in a lot of these racing. He's, he was finally given an opportunity to go into the Cup Series car full-time uh, with Chip Ganassi Racing. 
but since they've been bought up by Trackhouse Racing, which uh, which pairs him up with Daniel Suarez, uh, those two will be building almost a brand new team out there. So again, uh, they still have a lot of people working behind them that that were working for Chip Ganassi that have come over to that team, but they're still working with a with a, with almost as a new team that has merged together, but also have to deal with a brand new car. Uh, Rich Childress Racing, Austin Dillon out there, and Tyler Reddick. Uh, Austin Dillon again, has won this race in the past. Uh, Richard Childress Racing is no stranger to victory lane here at, at, at Daytona. Mm-hmm. It, it tw- took over 20 years for them to go to the Daytona 500 victory lane with Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, Austin Dillon has been able to do it in the past. He's strong on these races. He knows how to restrain. He knows how to race on these super speedways. So look for him to, to do good things throughout here, throughout tomorrow afternoon. Now, again, with 500 miles is a long race, so I think there's going to be a varying degree of strategy. I, I know that the OEMs they were talking about this yesterday. They didn't acknowledge the fact. They acknowledged the fact that on Thursday they saw that they didn't think that particularly every every driver was racing at, at at the level they wanted them to see. But they also understood the fact that there is a parts issue. There is also a supply chain issue. There's a a backup car issue. Uh, Harrison Burton, of which who was one of the two Ford drivers along with Joey Logano, that was in an incident in the qualifying event. Joey Logano and Penske Motorsports had a backup machine they pulled off of the truck and they reskinned it and they prepared it for Joey Logano. However, the Wood Brothers Racing, they did not have a backup. They were working all day long yesterday, even throughout the practice sessions with Dave gave him no track time in the repaired car. Um, they were still working on it as of last night during the truck series race to make sure that he gets out there and is able to compete in the Daytona 500 tomorrow. So, you know, there, there's a varying degrees of strategy that is going to come into play. However, the Daytona 500, there's more money on the line. There's prestige on the line. And I, I, this is a race that, that if you're not going to sit on the back of a wreckers, then you want to be there at the checkered flag and be the one that holds the trophy at the end. So look for these drivers to have a varying degree, not only a varying degree, but look for them to race a whole lot harder for that money and that trophy because you only win the Daytona 500 one time with with the prestige that comes behind it. Absolutely, and I couldn't agree with with you more. Uh, you know, there's been um, multiple winners of the Daytona 500, just like the Indy 500, but the first one is always very, very special. Steve Wilson of, of Speedway Digest. We're going to be wrapping up here in just a minute. I did want to hit on one more storyline. Uh, I know it's kind of on the negative side, but, you know, a, no real good time to talk about it. What, what I, I, I really – I get it. I kind of understand it. I honestly, let me just pull my hat. I kind of, I not kind of, I do agree with uh, this story. Uh, the, the sponsorship, the Brown sponsorship was denied by NASCAR. Brandon Belt Motorsports was informed Tuesday night that LGBCoin.io sponsorship was not approved for use on Brandon Brown's number 86 Xfinity uh, uh, car for today. The decision comes as officials return from the holiday break to go through official approval process. When the team claimed it was already owned, however, NASCAR uh, said that the the submission from the team was sent on Christmas Day and was not done through the appropriate portal and was incorrectly approved uh, without proper understanding of the LGP coin uh, .io. Additionally, the sponsorship submission was also not clearly uh, defined. Uh, 
NASCAR did not issue a formal uh, statement on the decision. Uh, there is a process. It looks like that's the reason that LGBTCoin.io was not uh, approved. And we know this for media credentials. You have to go through a certain process to get approved for those credentials. Uh, it was listed as a cryptocurrency and did not list any political associate, association. So I, I agree that they said no because of process. Now, the signal that I think that it sends and whether or not I agree with people's lifestyle or not, I, I pretty conservative people know that, so we'll just let it be at that. But at the same time, if we're going to make it fair across the board, and we, we look at race and we look at everything across the board, you know, the signal that it sends is that if you are an LGB sponsorship or that type of uh, lifestyle sponsorship, you can't be on a NASCAR. I don't believe that's the case. But what are your thoughts on this? Uh, and we'll get your hot take on this, and then we'll get your your picks up. I, I just I found it interesting. They didn't follow process. If you don't follow process, it just it doesn't it doesn't happen. That's what appeared to happen. But what are your what are your thoughts? And the story is also on Racer.com. I'll give them credit for that as well. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that, uh, Steve? So this is a very strange story right from the beginning and the fact that they announced this and they said that, you know, this is, this car was, this scheme was going to be on the car for, for today's race in, in the Xfinity series for Brandon Belt Motorsports uh, and that number 68. Um, it made it seem that in the press release that came out that they had already been approved for this and typically teams do not send press releases out until uh, their their particular scheme or sponsor has been approved but through the official process at NASCAR. So this is this press release goes out it makes it seem every it, that this is going to be on the car the next thing we know is that nascar is announcing that they are going to investigate and look into this and see exactly what is going on uh because they have not approved this uh scheme to be on the car so a war of words kind of began in the fact of uh from from their side from the um the lgb coin side uh they made statements uh from some of the founders and some of the people that uh, were uh, stakeholders into this saying that nascar had already approved them the nascar that they had emails from nascar approving this but they never at any time in the initial portion of this process ever um put out kind of any information they just kept saying that nascar approved it we have emails proving this but they never, they never did finally. They never did come out and and prove any of this. Uh, NASCAR did finally just rule on this and say, no, you didn't go through the official process. No, you had not uh, gone through and been approved as an official sponsor of all of this. So unfortunately, you're not going to be able to run this on the car. Um, this precipitated into more war, war of words from some of the founders and some of the stakeholders in uh, that LGB coin um, organization. Uh, and finally, it just ended up with them just dropping, uh, you know, an attempt to go out there. Um, my understanding is there is potentially another effort by somebody else who has now bought um, the the um, the the intellectual property for this coin, and they. Um, I, I do not have a clear understanding as to where it is at this point, other than the fact that somebody else has bought the intellectual property to this coin. They say that they have plans to. Um, 
redo the coin in some fashion that um, may not be as uh, as originally politically uh, motivated as this coin was and may attempt to come back into the sport in a different uh, type of sponsorship, maybe under a different name, maybe under a different uh, setup, maybe under some kind of something that is not necessarily uh, tied directly or as directly tied to what uh, this coin initially was uh, for. So uh, that's kind of a story that's still standing at this moment as to whether uh, somebody else will try and rename the coin, whether they will try and reinvent the coin to something else and, re- and reappear at another time. Um, that's kind of uh, right now we're, we're waiting to find out whether this will happen. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of a, a, a strange story and sequence of events and how the team kind of put this thing out. And the next thing you know is that they're, uh, do not have a sponsor. Now they've been able to pick up that team has been able to pick up some other sponsors. Oh, and the other part of this is is that um the, that may not been mentioned is some of the previous uh, sponsors like Larry's Lemonade and others that had been on the mm-hmm. car had been informed of the fact that uh, they would not be back on the car this year because of the fact that they had found a full-time sponsor this year that would be on this car. Uh, the, the founder of Larry's Lemonade did make statements to this, that he held no hard feelings, that he felt bad for Brandon Brown and the fact that what Brandon was going through as far as this process um, and, and would welcome coming back to that team if Brandon would have him. So, you know, again, you know, there, there was kind of a strange sequence of events and all of this that kind of uh, led to uh, uh, an announcement of this sponsor to now, um, you know, a, a different sponsor appearing on the race car later this afternoon. Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDigest.com, editor-in-chief and our official NASCAR contributor has been calling us from Daytona 500. And as I was listening to you talk, I'm hearing cars go by. There's nothing that replaces that sound, especially in person, so it's, it's great. Uh, today, Xfinity Race, 5 o'clock. You can, it's Beep, Watch for Dinner 300. It's on FS1. Uh, tomorrow, uh, the NASCAR uh, Series Race, uh, Daytona 500, is at 2.30, and you can hear that on Fox. All right, it's that time, Steve. Let's go ahead and get our official pick for the Daytona 500 2022. Go ahead, sir. Look, uh, you know, I know, I, I know that, uh, you know, it kind of shocked a lot of people when Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher won for Roush Keselowski Racing. This has been an organization that has kind of floundered around for, for multiple seasons. They've tried to put people in these cars that have been able to make them better and perform better. But I think that what, what kind of struck the world is both Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher won it, winning in their qualifying events. Uh, I know that they're fast. I know that they're going to be lined up there with Penske. They're going to be lined up there with Wood Brothers. They're going to be lined up there with the, um, you know, front row motorsports machines. But, uh, you know, Brad Keselowski is a, is a racer that has been able to dominate some of these events uh, in that number two machine at places like Daytona, at places like Talladega. So he knows how to run these events. So my official pick of the Daytona 500 will be Brad Keselowski taking Roush back to victory lane to – in 2022, but also winning the Daytona 500 tomorrow afternoon. All right, guys, here's my official pick. And I've been pondering all week long on who I think this is going to be. I've been watching the practices, been trying to, you know, and I watched the clash last week. And But here's the thing. 
I, and I, I proved this with the Super Bowl last week, although I did like to see the Bengals in there. Uh, but uh, I actually had a girl out and, and work on my real job. She was on a Zoom call with us, and she called them the, the Bagels. So, you know, Bengals, Bagels, Tomato, Tomato. But Bengals, I like as the underdog. That said, I'm really I, – you know, I, I've seen the – the rise and fall of Woods Rather Than Racing. And it would be really, really cool for sponsorships and for the team and everything else. And I, I like Brian Wilson as a, as a crew chief. He's a proven guy. Harrison Burton is my official pick for the Daytona 500 coming back from the eighth spot, and which is a good – historically, that's a good spot to look at your winner anywhere between that eight and ten spot anyway. So Harrison Burton is my official pick uh, for the Daytona 500. How far off am I there, uh, Steve? <laughs> Look, I, I, I mean, you know, they they worked on this car to try and get this car. They worked all the all through the practice yesterday, all the way up into the truck series race last night, try and get that damaged car because they did not have a backup to roll off. They didn't have an additional car that they could bring and put him in. So. Um, Look, I mean, they were fast. They they were they were in the duels in their particular duel race. They were able to line up there with the rest of those forward contingent, and they're able to work with Penske. They're able to work with other drivers. Um, so I, I don't think they're too far off. If he doesn't win the Daytona 500, he's definitely either going to make he's going to make a play at this. He's going to be some kind of factor in this, or at, at minimum, he's going to bring Wood Brothers home with a decent top five or top ten finish at the end of the day. But he is fast. He does have an organization behind him. And, and hopefully whatever they've done to that car to repair that car is able to get to and get him up there. But uh, I think it's a good pick. I think it's a it, – it, it's a, you know, I think anybody in that Ford camp at this point is, is a, can be a factor. Steve, we appreciate you joining us. We'll get all the picks up and everything up on social media. But where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest. Uh, find all of our work up there, and uh, we'll be out here all weekend long. Is, is our friend Tim Despain hanging out with you today? No, Tim uh, Tim is uh, in Talladega. Okay. All right. I always get his press releases and stuff, so I knew that 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 he he made it out to some of the big races. But hopefully, we can get him on this season. It's been a while since we've had him on. But you have yourself a, a good weekend, sir, and let's have a, let's, let's have a good Daytona. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Everybody, we'll see you. Steve Wilson, editor in chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. And this whole show has been dedicated to NASCAR uh, as NASCAR officially rolls back into Daytona, Florida this weekend. Of course, we had the Super Bowl last weekend, but it's the Super Bowl of NASCAR this weekend. Thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you, Tony Donahue of, uh, of uh, Content Director of BurnoutSports.com and uh, certainly of the Tony V Podcast. We're going to have all of their information up on our website. We appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, have a good race weekend. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at T-Balance on Facebook uh, and uh from there. Uh, my name is Don Mark with El Presidente. That's going to wrap it up. We're going to go ahead and take the checker flag. We're out of here. Deuces. Don't drink and drive, though. It isn't cool. Charge, you rent. So Russell got a job. Got fired that same day. A cashier he wasn't meant to be. Well, he went back to the couch, turned on the race, and he said, Hot damn, now there's the job for me. So Russell got alone and went to NASCAR school Where the future NASCAR drivers learn the one big NASCAR rule
straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. This ain't rocket science. You can learn it in one day. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. It's just like brain surgery. If you take the brain away, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Right round and round and round and round and later you get paid. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Right round and round and round and round and later you get lots of money. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. This ain't English. You don't gotta ride a thesis, but if you make a wrong turn, you're going right to Jesus. So go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. Go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight, take a left, take a left, go straight. I think I hit the wall. I'm on fire. Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.